You are now listening to Hope Changers Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is episode 17 of the Hope Changers Podcast. My name is Sheldon. I am here with my co-host, my wife, India. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing okay. Thanks. All righty. I forgot why I was about to say that fast. But, um, um, yeah, I hope you guys are doing well. Hope everyone is doing well this evening um, or wherever you are listening right now. Um, we have another packed episode that we are coming to you with. Uh, we're talking about <coughs> religion today. Mm-hmm. Um, in, a, in in particular, uh, Phariseeism. <laughs> I don't know if that's a word, but I don't know either. Uh, Phariseeism. Basically being a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. Being a hypocrite. But before we start out, um, India, how are you doing today? I already asked you, but yeah. you can speak. How are you feeling? I'm fine. Did you see any news this week? About what? Just in general. Um, Not really. I don't really watch the news. You already know that. But uh, no, not really. Well, I have some things to get off my chest before we get started with this. Um, first of all, this Jesse Smollett thing. Oh boy, here we go. I have to speak on it. <laughs> I have, I have to speak on it from my perspective. And honestly, I'm glad that he was found out to be a fraud. And I have no problem with saying it. I'm glad that he was found out to be a fraud. I'm glad that this turned into what it turned into. I'm glad it turned into what it turned into. Uh, Simply because, one, just the story, if we back up and just get out of being emotional for a second, um, the story just sounded crazy from the beginning. We're in an age of technology, and no one had a video. That was one. Two, two, he said that um, he says and still says to this day that the two people that were um, released by the Chicago police, these two Nigerian brothers, were indeed the culprits. But in the interview, he said that they were white. That's a problem, number two. And three, the most, the most um, important part of this whole thing is is that he gained a lot of sympathy and power from people who sympathize with the gay with, with 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 the gay agenda, the gay movement. Notice now, and this is what takes me off, honestly. That's why I'm dragging him in in this moment. Because the gay agenda, as soon as it came out that he was a fraud, you notice that no one talks about this story anymore? anyone out there have you noticed that now the narrative is we will still believe victims of hate crime have you noticed that the narrative is now let's keep our focus on and i heard this on uh i heard this on one of these dumb talk shows that that um that some people i know listen to and they'll watch yeah and and one person said it let's keep it on what it, it what on what it should be on is that hate crimes really do happen in the u.s and they happen to mostly um they happen to mostly people in the lgbt community and i did some research and come to find out that hate crime has risen in the three years since dang it's been three years since trump has been in office but in three years that trump has been in office is 2016 hate crimes have indeed risen in the u.s but guess who half of the hate crimes are against? You guessed it, black people. Not black queer people, not LGBT, whatever they want to be called, black people. Half of hate crimes um, um, in stats, um, in stats that, are, that, that can be found by the FBI say that half of ha- hate crimes happen to black people still, still today. But the gay community, since they have latched themselves onto um, 
the 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 black civil rights movement they're basically saying that that's them they they've latched themselves onto that and now anytime people talk about hate crime they use that as a way to get people to feel sympathetic for them when truth be told hate crimes based off of sexual orientation is third on the list of fbi um of fbi um um found evidence of hate crimes in the u.s race is still the thing that people commit hate crimes over so i'm glad that jesse smollett was found a fraud simply because this was an agenda this was an attempt this was an attempt for him to make black um black gayness in the black culture more acceptable because black people are still more hostile to the whole gay thing even though we see people who are black they're gay all the time they're more hostile to the gay um to to this gay movement more than than white people unfortunately white people are more accepting of it more accepting of everyone coexisting together black people even though it happened black people are still kind of like no no you can you can stay over there this was an attempt to try to bring those two together since the lgbtq community thinks that their their fight is the same as the black is as as black people fight and it's not so i'm glad i'm glad i'm glad that jesse smollett was found a fraud i'm glad that this thing is 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 came out and be to be revealed as such but i just don't want us as believers to be fooled because the narrative is now going to try to still spin it to be sympathetic for gay folks don't be sympathetic over this hold him accountable hold people who lie like this accountable and and don't be fooled by the gay agenda their 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 focus is to want people to be sympathetic for them they have won the american society over with sympathy they won them over with a woe is me attitude but behind closed doors they're ravenous wolves that's what this agenda is and jesse jesse smollett attempted to rape the emotional coattails of everyone in america and he almost got away with it he almost got away with it so i'm glad he was found a fraud and I hope he gets all that he deserves as far as losing his job and losing and people dragging him through the dirt because he earned that uh, 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 that he earned that position. He had no reason to do that. And yet he did it. So there we go. On to the next one. Do you have something to say? Um, about that uh, situation, I don't have much to say. I just wanted to say, though. When I saw his piece of an interview online, um, I already knew it was some sort of agenda. My thoughts were, okay, this is just a a gay agenda. And they just showed a little piece of a clip of this interview he had with this person. And this was, of course, before all of this truth came out about him. Um, but when I first saw a piece of the interview, I was like, oh, yeah, this is an agenda. Because he was all crying and talking about how he hoped a gay boy out there will see that he fought. I'm like, get out of here. Get out of here. So I just knew it was a homosexual agenda all in all. Now, with all of this coming out, I didn't know necessarily that he might have been lying. But when they said that they couldn't find the video, that kind of strike me as, okay, that's kind of weird because his camera's everywhere. You see, every, you know, people record things everywhere. Things are, you know, his camera's everywhere. So I, I did see that that was kind of fishy. Um, but I'm not that invested into it. I just noticed that it was all in all in a gay a gay agenda from the beginning yeah yeah and and honestly we know what you were doing at 2 a.m in the morning while you were out at 2 a.m and we don't need to elaborate any further we know what you were doing what was he doing at 2 a.m in the morning babe and you're going to get a subway sandwich that's that's what he said he was going to do at 2 a.m in the morning subways closed at 10 there's no subway open at 2 a.m in the morning well, maybe he was uh he maybe. was trying to catch a prostitute 
Oh, is that what he was doing? Uh, he was trying to catch a, a gay prostitute. That's why he was out there. Oh, how you know that? I don't know. I don't know for sure. But I believe that what what else would you be doing at 2 a.m.? I don't know. Maybe wherever he is. And it was minus and it was minus something degrees that, that night. I know because I know. <laughs> well, where does he live at? How you In know Chicago. Oh, the night the, maybe there's a 24-hour subway or something. He the night I've never heard of a 24-hour subway. Maybe if it is, but I don't know. It just it just sounds fishy. It sounds fishy when 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 you really look at the story. That's all. So, um, what else are we gonna get to before we start with our topic? Um, let's, let's, oh, there we, that's what I was going to talk about. Um, R. Kelly, R. Kelly, <laughs> we, we got to cover this stuff before we get to our topic. We just got to get it out the way. You got to get it out the way. Well, yeah, because I got to get this stuff off. I got to get it off my chest. R. Kelly being indicted. He, he's out on bond now, but him being indicted on 10 counts of, of, of child of of engaging in sexual um things with a minor. R. Kelly, we knew his time was coming. I'm glad this time has finally come for him. Because he's been doing this for so long and everyone knew that he was doing this. And I have to call out and and I'm gonna do this because I feel like it it, it needs to be done. I need to call out the black community for for this and you know why i'm calling out the black community ask me why baby why am i calling out the black community why because we in the black community have a tendency to know things that are going on but because we have been so ingrained into the not snitching mindset we allowed horrendous travesties to occur and we just turn a blind eye like we don't know what's going on. I'm 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 older now. Y'all need to know my age, but I'm older now, and I grew up in the in the hip hop era where the phrase "no snitching" was a thing that we all took to heart, even when we didn't know what no, no snitching meant. And then as I got older, I started to understand that that was a term made by the mob in order to keep those who get indicted by law enforcement from snitching on those who are in that type of business with them. What we did in the black community was that we love all these gangster flicks and we watched Paid in Full and Scarface and Belly and all these other things. And they took that and we translated not snitching from a, from a criminal mindset to a everyone mindset. So now, even people who are bystanders, even people who are victims of crimes, now people don't want to talk. And now they keep this, and that, not now, but we've passed on this, this mindset of not wanting to tell, even when we're not even a part of that, of, of, of that type of lifestyle. So if, so if, um, you know, let's just throw an example out there that I that I abuse my wife or something like that, and that and 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 someone calls the cops on me, and they interrogate her about these things, and she say, "I don't want to talk about it." That would be crazy on my wife's part because she's a victim. But she's taking the position like I'm involved. I'm I'm a culprit in this, so I'm not going to snitch on my husband. That's how we think. There's a lot of there's a lot of mothers and fathers and families out there who have lost their their sons, daughters, nieces, nephews over gun violence, over over many different things. But the murderers are still walking around the streets because nobody wants to tell who did it. And you know someone saw it. So I'm, I'm bringing this up when we talk about R. Kelly 
if anyone's seen that that uh documentary so many people seen what he did and didn't say a word they're just as complicit in it as he is but that's what we do in the black culture unfortunately we see things and we see things and no one knows and and people know but no one won't ever come up to you and tell you hey this person did this or this person did that because we've been fully ingrained into not snitching on one another for whatever the reason is how many times when we lived in the old, our old apartment when some type of shootings happened and everyone walk away from the corner and cops are left which are just trying to piece together evidence because nobody comes up and say is any witnesses mm-hmm. that happens on the regular people get shot killed no witnesses no nothing people hear stuff and you knock on the and that cop may knock on the door and and people would just say no I don't, I don't know what's going on we're complicit in that because we just allow stuff to just go ahead and we just turn a blind eye to it so for 30 plus years people was turning a blind eye to r kelly and he was just having sex with little girl after little girl after little girl after little girl. How everyone in how everyone, even fans know that he had sex with Aaliyah. And no one, no one thought that was weird. Aaliyah was 15 back in 1994. He met her at 12, though. And met her at 12. No one thought that was weird at all. When the first tape came out, no one thought that was weird. He was still selling millions of records, and no one thought that was weird. Now we up in arms about something that we've allowed to happen for 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 decades now. We don't know how many girls R. Kelly has has ment- uh, mentally and emotionally damaged, but. As we all learn, and as as we all know, and as the Bible tells us, um, you reap what you sow. It may take thirty plus years, forty plus. Hey, it, it took it, it took uh it took Bill Cosby probably until he was in his eighties to get to get caught. Oh, he did some stuff too. Yeah, he's locked up for putting drink putting stuff in in women's drinks and and oh. raping them. You didn't know that? I I saw little bits and pieces of him, you know, like the news clips, but I never paid any attention uh, to it at all. Okay. I just saw, you know, him on the TV in handcuffs. I never knew what was actually going on, and I, I, and I never inquired of it either. Well, well, yeah, that's what he's he's uh he's in jail. Mm. Um, but yeah, that th- I just wanted to say that. I just I just wanted to say that um, it's a lot of crazy stuff going on. It is. A lot of craziness going on. Um, what I want to do with our podcast going forth is I want us to start before we get into topics. Just like just talk about stuff that's just going on and our take on it from a believer's perspective. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm starting out with this, because I feel like something need to be said from a believer's perspective mm-hmm. on these things. Yeah, yeah, it's not it's not an issue at all. I do think that believers need to be um, I think that believers need to be aware of what's going on around us. It's too many, too many times where we see things happening, but excuse me like you said we turn a blind eye or we're just like oh well and even me you know i'm i'm guilty of that too because i don't watch the news because not much on there i necessarily care about well i can't say i don't care about it but it's the news is uh, it can be so heartbreaking so news is a graveyard of a graveyard yeah yeah i just choose not to watch it not because i don't want to know what's going on but because it's very heartbreaking of the things that are going on in the world today um and i don't really keep up with politics i am going to try to do that more often though because that shows us of the current events as far as um prophecy of the bible is concerned so I know I need to uh, 
keep up with that, do what I can to keep up with that. But uh, I do think that believers, we need to uh, be aware of, of all that's going on. And I guess since we're on this topic real quick of this of news, um, I just saw a video by this guy that I watched, Marcus Rogers. Um, on He has a YouTube channel. Um, he was just talking about uh, making us aware believers aware of certain things that are going on like this drag queen who is going to libraries and reading to kids or whatever and the drag queen's name is annie christ and then this other little demonic looking character on youtube on the youtube kids channel he comes up and makes suggestions of you know, doing things like turning on the oven and getting a knife and stuff like that. And then he mentioned also, Marcus mentioned also that there's this, um, a pediatrician found a video also on the YouTube Kids channel of, um, this man who teaches children how to slit their wrists or like this video is not necessarily on the YouTube Kids channel, but it's a suggestion of the video. And it pops up on the YouTube, you know, so parents and people who, you know, not just parents, but aunts, uncles, cousins, you know, spread the word about this stuff. Because the enemy, what the Lord has told me is that the enemy has filled his people. Basically, he has possessed his people and he has sent them out already. And I actually had a dream about that. And the Lord was just giving me clarity of that dream and what it meant. The enemy has possessed his people already and he's sending them out. So all of this stuff that you see are really just, um, uh, like, you know, the, the, the guy who's teaching people how to slit their wrists and then this demonic character on YouTube and all, it's really just, um, people who are filled with the spirit of Satan's spirit doing what he wants them to do, basically, because this is just too crazy. All of it is just, it's too crazy. Um, so, you know, I just want to give you guys a heads up about that, um, is what I found, uh, and that was it, that's it, I guess we can get into, yes, all right, we, we are, we are, uh, gonna get into our topic tonight, and we are talking about hypocrisy, hypocrisy in the church, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. hypocrisy in the church is a big issues too many people that are preaching the word and not living the word Mm -hmm. too many people who are and i hate using this word because it's used so much too many people that are judgmental in the church not judgmental in the sense of telling you you wrong when you're actually wrong you're saying you're judging me and you know you're wrong that's not a judgment we're talking about people who are judging and behold hypocritically doing the very thing that they're telling you not to do Mm -hmm. um that is a big problem and that's one of the main things that people point out when they come into the church is that we're too hypocritical we are too we're we're not all what we say we are Mm -hmm. and a lot of times those 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 sayings come about because people just don't like the church is is the spirit, the, the the world does not like the church, so they'll find any and everything to say about the church. Mm-hmm. So those topics will always come up. And sometimes they're true, sometimes it's not. But this is just doing a um, an inventory of the house of God. Mm-hmm. And we have to do better when it comes to that because too many times, too many times... We're losing our testimony because of what we are doing compared to what we're saying. Yeah. yeah. One thing, one thing that does bother me is, um, like we were at this church before and, uh, when we came in the door, the usher asked my husband to take his hat off and, um, you know, they have ushers all around the place and of course you need order. That's fine. But I just, you know, from that, and I, I didn't have no problem with them telling him to take his hat off. That's that's fine. I wasn't upset at that or anything. 
But I don't know, the scripture that came to mind when that happened was when Jesus said, you tie the mint and dill and forget the weightier matters. So um, with that, and he was talking to the Pharisees when he said that, meaning you tithe and every, most people know what tithe is to give a tenth. Um, mint and dill, mint and dill are herbs, mint, like peppermint, mint and dill. It's herbs that you cook with or whatever so he's saying like you tithe these things but you forget the weightier matters like mercy and and forgiveness and truth and stuff like that so the lord is like you know you do these little things over here but you forget what is really important like mercy you know and love and forgiveness so when the lady had asked him to do that at this particular church we were at you know that scripture came to mind like i said i wasn't upset at her or nothing like that um but I just noticed that when I go to some churches, they have, you know, ushers in the right place and they got all the rules going on in the church, like take your hat off and you can't eat in the sanctuary and you can't do this or that or uh, you can't sit on this row or this, you know, you can't do this, can't do that. And they got that down packed in their church, but people are walking around heavy laden with unforgiveness or bitterness mm -hmm. or that same usher that told you to take your hat off is just as mean as a snake you know got bitterness and unforgiveness within her or himself you know so i just believe that the father is just not pleased at that at all and i think that he wants us to focus on not that order is wrong because it's not he is a god of order but he wants us to focus more on the weightier matters give mercy to your to your brother or sister you know if, if somebody walks in the church and they don't look like they they like you think they should look don't tell them they gotta sit back here or you know if 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 a mother is with her children in the back of the church and her children is crying you don't gotta be snapping at her get out the church hurry up you know you ain't you know people don't have to do all of that so i think that the father more i know that the father wants us to um demonstrate more love you know it's nothing wrong with order but give more love to to those who step into the church more love more mercy more forgiveness and also within yourself you know we we put on the right thing we dress the right way for church but our insides our our spiritual nature is just as evil as it can be and we we haven't cleansed ourselves right. um like the father wants us to right yeah that's so true that's so true and we have to also um be genuine mm -hmm. about it mm -hmm. be genuine about it it's not enough for us to know the word we have to actually live the word as well mm -hmm. so let's set this up so jesus one of the reasons why jesus went so hard at the pharisees because of what they knew mm -hmm. he went so hard at them because they were supposed to know better mm -hmm. they were teaching the people mm -hmm. they were supposed to know better they were supposed to be the ones that wasn't surprised at his coming if anybody knew of the revelation of jesus christ it was supposed to be them mm -hmm. so he kept so he came to them and really and 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 script and I know we try to put a nice spin on it, but he, Jesus really tore into the Pharisees mm -hmm. because they were they as I said they knew they were supposed to know better. I'm not gonna say they knew better; they were supposed to know better. Mm -hmm. They were supposed to know better, and they opposed him at every sign and every turn. And that is a, uh, a very scary proposition to be in when you know the word front to back and, it, and it's no change in you mm -hmm. at all. Yeah. The Pharisees had no change in them. It, matter of fact, them knowing the word made them puffed up in their hearts and in their minds like they were good. And Jesus had to come to tell them, saying, "You were not good, because mm -hmm. uh, because one of the scriptures, and and I and I think it's in Luke, I want to say Luke or Mark, and he said that if I had not come speak to you, 
they had not seen. I hope I'm saying it right. If they, if I had not come to speak to you, then you had no sin. But because I do, your sin remains. Mm-hmm. Saying that if I didn't have to say anything to you, you were fine. But now that I'm speaking to you and you won't repent, mm-hmm. your sin remains. Mm-hmm. It stays with you. Jesus was coming to them and they were rejecting him, thinking that they were okay. That's why one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is when he tells them to search the scriptures in them that you think you have eternal life and they are that which testify of me. The scriptures point all to Jesus from the old all the way up to the end. And they couldn't see that. They thought that they were okay. That's a scary place to be in. And and we know people that are in that position right now who know the word, who teach the word, that can talk to you about the word, but they lifestyle, not going to say jacked up, but they'll, they'll, they'll curse you out in a heartbeat really quick with no problem. They'll talk about people really quick with no problem. And, and they don't care about anybody but themselves. You know, I had to, my me, myself, I had to repent for feeling kind of puffed up because I know what the word says. And I know the revelation that, that, that the father has given me over the years. I had to repent over that because this word does not give me any reason to feel good. Not in the sense of not being saved. But in the sense of I needed salvation. So my so my so my reverence should all should always be humble and of awe of the Lord. Not being not being puffed up because I'm saved and now the Lord excuse me is giving me revelation to what he's talking about in his word. That should even make me more humble because I don't deserve to get any revelation, nor do I deserve to be saved in the first place. So we should always uh, uh, stay with a humble heart when it comes to the word at all times and and always reverence the Lord in all times when we come to his word because we don't deserve anything to begin with. And I think I mentioned that on the last podcast, how we don't deserve, we don't deserve, the only thing we deserve is hellfire. So to be puffed up with about a word that you needed to be saved, that that you need to be saved, that that says that you need salvation, that's not that's that's totally backwards. It's totally backwards. Mm-hmm. Yes, honey. Yeah, and um, the reason why we're talking about this topic is because in the Bible. It was church folk who put Jesus on the cross. Yep. Why is it that church folk don't see Christ? It makes no sense to me. We'll, you know, we'll have, um, we'll have, uh, you know, there, there will be, I'm trying to say, there will be anointed people in the congregation of the church and people pass them by because they don't look like them yeah because of looks or their own pride or because they may not talk right or act right or or whatever you know we put our own mindset on and say oh it's the lord you know it's the lord's mindset no no it's it's not and so that's why we're talking about this because so many people have one have been hurt by religious folk the church and the world have been hurt by the church and also because when Christ steps into either people who are filled by Christ or even his spirit when he's in the church we don't see it we don't recognize it and a lot of times even now with these churches they don't even want Christ in their church they want to do business as usual or you know, we're going to keep this order of the service or we're going to stick with this, you know, order of our church in general. And they don't want a, a fresh wind of the Holy Spirit. And this is why churches remain the same. We're mm-hmm. in inside of the building and we're singing 
and clapping our hands and and jumping up and down like we got some kind of revelation from the Lord and you know we hear the pastor but when we go out you know we don't witness to 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 the people or even when we're inside of you know the four walls of the church we don't act loving to our brother here you know after church we'll talk about this person talk about that person or before church we'll look at this person sideways look at what they got on and walk in the church with our heads held with our noses all the way in the sky because we think we look good and it's just wrong it's just all the way wrong and the lord is not pleased and i believe that's why um we need to talk about this topic because it's really just a religious nasty spirit a religious mm-hmm. spirit and it's not of the lord at all at all pride is even now running the churches is running the churches oh, and yeah. we're so far yeah. from holiness if you even got in the word and read what it said what read what the father says about holiness you probably wouldn't even believe it that's how so far from from holiness we are unfortunately very true very true we've gotten so far away from holiness that we we think mediocre is holiness now yeah we really do we think mediocre is holiness we think that because we come to church that the lord the lord we think we we try to do the lord's service by coming to church every week some people feel like they've done their good deed when they come to church once a week and don't understand that the Lord wants your whole life. He doesn't play around with um he doesn't play around with that at all. He doesn't want just one day from you. He wants your whole life. He wants your every moment, your every second. And he deserves your every moment and every second because of what he has done. Even if he didn't send his son Christ to die on the cross for you, guess what? He still created you. He still deserves all the glory and all the honor and all the praise, regardless of what he did. If he never did a thing, he still deserves all the glory, honor, and praise. Because he is God and you are not. And that's just the bottom line. So us as believers have to be better in this regard when it comes to hypocrisy. Whether we want to believe it or not, the world is always watching. And and I think I I talked about this um, when we did a Bible study with my family a few nights ago. It's amazing how an unbeliever will know what a believer is supposed to do, even if they never crack the Bible open. They just, for some reason, just know that a believer is not supposed to be in certain settings, in certain areas. And if they do see them, they like, what are you doing here? And it's not to say that, you know, they're trying to act like you can't come anywhere you want. But the 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 point is, there's something in them that says, hey, I don't know if you're supposed to be here. Why don't why do unbelievers understand that? But believers don't understand that most times. We will go places that we're not supposed to be listen to things that we're not that we're not supposed to um listen to do things that we're not supposed to do and there's nothing in us that says there's nothing in us that will say hey we we got to turn this around we got to do better we'll think about it afterwards but we don't put the we we don't have the foreknowledge beforehand to be like no I'm not going to do this or if the enemy is presenting you with that option have the strength to 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 stay away from those things that so easily beset us there is a there is a crisis going on that is causing people to walk away from the church simply because we can't get it right and we're supposed to have it right not perfect we're just supposed to have it right we should be clearly on one side of the fence but we are just jumping from side to side to side. And that is causing people to say, okay, where where do you belong? 
and I, um, I was going to say what it is, is uh, as far as this religious spirit goes is, you know, we get saved and then we learn a little bit of Bible scripture and we say that we're believers and stuff like that. And then we get comfortable. This is how this religious spirit creeps in. Mm -hmm. We get comfortable in our walk with Christ, thinking that we know more and we really don't know anything. And then all of a sudden we side eye looking at you know, the person over here because they just came into the faith or they may not know much or they may not dress a certain way or, you know, and then we find ourselves condemning them. And that's when this this spirit creeps in. And it's, it's a spirit of pride as well, just as the Pharisees. They knew a lot. They were teachers. And so they just knew that Jesus wasn't the Christ. And then all that he did, all that he did, uh, healing and saying he was the son of god and you know them getting angry and upset they it, it, it was it was a um evident that they weren't of him right because of how they reacted to him and so we need to remain in order for that spirit not to creep up in our hearts we need to remain humble before the lord because i believe in you know this is just from me i, I didn't get this from scripture but i believe that they became so prideful in their hearts and thinking that because they were teachers, they were just so better than everyone. And then now when the Lord himself comes through, come, you know, walk comes walking through, they think that they're even better than him. Oh, you just can't be the son of God because whatever, whatever, mm -hmm. you know, or you can't, you know, you oh, what you mean you got uh, the power to, to forgive sin. Are you blaspheming? You know? So I think that, and even believe, and it's just so crazy. It's so crazy. Even believers today are that way. Yeah. Because yeah. you'll, you know, there'll be somebody in your church who is anointed of the Lord and, you know, has the Holy Spirit and even filled with the Holy Spirit. And this person over here is just so prideful in themselves and looking down on this person, not even knowing that this person may be more filled with Christ than you actually are, and even though you you know you're the teacher, and it's just it's just so it's, it's so upsetting because um, this religious spirit draws even the world away from away from us. You know, I I, I hear stories of uh, people going into church and the usher is mean to them for what you know it's it's just it's just ridiculous and and even while i'm talking about this i just wanted to apologize for everybody who's listening to this who has been hurt by the church as a fellow believer um or even if you're not a believer but just from a believer i want to apologize for whoever hurt you for whoever hurt you so you know just speaking for the church i have a we you know my husband and i have been hurt by the church several times but i just wanted to apologize about that because it's not right it's not right um and so i just and and actually i wanted to also uh, say that in in acts um, when you read about Acts and it talks about the church in Acts and how they were just so loving and um, it said that nobody of their possessions, things that they had, it said that nobody said that this belonged to me, but they shared to one, you know, they gave to one another as everybody had need. So nobody said, oh, this is mine, this is mine, this is mine. Nobody said that. But they gave to those as it had needed. Everybody had what they needed. But do we do that now? No, not at all. And and I want to tell you something. Um, I guess it's okay for <laughs> me to share this. But um, at one point, my husband and I, we, a while ago, we needed... Um, some money for rent and so we asked um the church and well i'll say this there's someone that i know who um needed money to rent to pay their rent and so they asked their church and 
the church gave them the money and it wasn't much at all it wasn't a, a whole lot but the church gave them the money for it and said to them oh this is the last time we're going to help you what do you mean that just you know when when that friend told me that it blew me away I'm like, what do you mean this is the last? And that was the first time that they asked him to do that. The first time that they asked him, never asked him for any help beforehand. But they said, oh, this is the last time we're going to do this. What kind of madness is that? Now, that right there is not right. And that's against the Lord. It's totally against the Lord. Because what the Father gave me an understanding of where it says, bring all the um, tithes into the storehouse so there will be meat in my house. What he was helping me to understand is bring all your tithe into his storehouse so that people in in um his, you know, so he's because he said there'll be meat and so that there'll be meat in my house. Basically, bring all the tenth, all your tithe into the storehouse so that you can give it to those who have need. Just like another scripture says, when you give to the poor, you lend to the Lord. So he's saying, bring all of this in so that those who are in my house that have need will have what they need. That's what that scripture means. And the Lord gave me a revelation of, of that scripture. Because I know a lot of times churches will say, you know, bring it all in. and and But that's why, because I asked the Father, I was like, Lord, what do you mean by we robbed you? But he gave me an understanding. He's saying, you're robbing me. Because you're not doing as I said do with this money. It's coming into the storehouse, but you're robbing me because either you're not bringing it in or if you're bringing it in, it's not going to who it needs to go to. So I was just floored by um, my friend when they told me about that, about what their church said. It's horrible. And it's no, you know, it's no reason for that. And, and I just feel like the Lord's heart on this is we need to um, repent for this religious prideful spirit because this is religious and it's prideful it's so prideful and we need to repent about it and get back to the first works get back to what the father has told told us to do because our church you know churches they're so church nowadays is so far removed from the bible and so much so that when Christ comes into the church, they don't even notice him and they persecute him. Things that are going on in certain believers' lives, church members will say, oh, well, it's because of you or you must not be doing something right or you need to do this, you need to do that. Not seeing that it's just the Lord bringing them through something in their life. They may be going through a trial. They may be going through a testing period. And that's why I say church is so... They don't know Christ. Yeah, we sit in the pews, but we really don't know Christ because the Lord does things. Look in the word, Old and New Testament, mainly the Old Testament, but he does things that don't make sense to us. So when things are going on in other people's lives and you look back and you see them and you're like, oh, they must not be this or they must not be doing that or you need to go do this and you need to go do that and, and all of that, you never know. It's, it's It could be the Lord bringing them through a test through a trial because the father it says that the lord hardened pharaoh's heart it didn't say that pharaoh hardened his own heart it said the lord hardened his heart so that he can go and you know try to chase after israel when the lord was bringing them out of egypt he did that on purpose it also says that he um brought them in the wilderness he brought them there they were wandering yes for 40 years but he brought them there and it says so that he can test them even though he said that i didn't let your shoes wear out all of this time but he brought that in there so that he can he brought them through there so that he can test them so things that the lord will do in our lives religious or quote unquote church folk will look at it as oh you must be doing something wrong and it's not right and this is how far we are from the lord's heart very well said, babe. Very well said. And I couldn't have said it any better than that. Um, we are so far from the Lord's heart and we have to do better. I keep coming back to that statement of doing better, but that's all I can find right now that 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 will um, properly describe this situation. We have to do better.
And we can do a lot better when we get into the word, when we allow the Holy Spirit to dominate our thinking and that we would let our minds be changed into the mind of Christ instead of still operating out of our flesh as we are so accustomed to doing. So this is this is some good stuff, babe, that you have said. And um, I don't have any more else to say other than that. So we're going to wrap it up here. Um, thank you guys for listening to the Hope Changes podcast, episode 17, Phariseeism. I don't know if that's a word, but we going to rock with that, Phariseeism. Um, I pray that this word, um, this podcast, I'm sorry, will find you. I, I pray it will find you guys in 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 a good place that it, it will put your mindset in a sense of in a, in a sense of introspection and ana, analyze it and analyzing yourself um to see where you may um have uh, have fallen at and uh we will be back we'll be back with episode 18 um we got a lot of good topics for you guys so keep on staying with us Keep on rocking with us. Go to our Instagram, Hope Changers INTL. Um, our our Twitter page, Hope Changers underscore INTL. Our website, HopeChangersINTL.org. Please go to the website. We will start having blog posts on there. I'm personally writing them myself. Um, there are going to be some good, <coughs> good thought-provoking, very challenging fun content that's going to be up there so i encourage you guys to go to the website go to the website and um and and check us out there and also um we're going to try to start incorporating more of some like instagram ig ig lives me and my wife going on ig live and just talking with people whoever wants to talk answering questions bringing topics to light um through that platform so that you know you guys can have more than just the podcast you can see our faces you can see you can see us um you can see us in person uh well through instagram (laughs) you see us in person and um and and we have a lot of good things coming so um we appreciate you guys rocking with us for so long so far um and we pray that you guys keep on keeping on with us So stay tuned. Episode 18 is on the way. Peace out. Peace and blessings to all.